0: Thank you. Hey, coach.
1: Yeah, come on in. It's a work in progress, as you can see.
0: Yeah, I can see it is.
1: We've progressed so far as to take a perfectly livable house and turn it into a place that if a bone saw would say no thanks, I'd go back and sleep under the bridge. Sober, you know, getting there.
0: My dad used to say, it always looks bad before it gets better.
1: I don't think it's gonna get better, coach. (laughs) I think I have made the biggest mistake of my life. The mother and my child and my son are, are in the car on their way up to New Jersey right now, and I decided that the smartest thing to do would be to buy a house and flip it with the Riggins brothers and Herc, because I didn't know what else to do. I was loving both so much, and I just don't want to be a deadbeat dad. I just want to be able to provide, you know, a little bit, you know, some security, something, anything for them, and... Whoa, whoa, hey, slow down, slow down a second. Wait a second, whoa. First of all, you're not gonna be a deadbeat dad. You need to calm down here. Look, man, you're
0: 20 years old. You're not supposed to know what you're going to do with the rest of your life yet. You're doing
1: what you think's best. You're following through on what you think's best, and that's what you should be doing. You had a plan. You're executing it. What's wrong with that? But you got to give it a chance. you got to give yourself time. You can't beat yourself up because you're taking chances on things. But don't start giving up on what you set forward to do in the beginning because that's going to get you nowhere. I can promise you that. So, you know, Jason... He's down. I don't know. He's depressed. And he is uh, doubting himself in this scene. Uh, the bigger question, however, that, you know, we see in this is, could this be the last pep talk that Eric Taylor gives Jason Street? That's the big question right. I got from this.
0: It's the last kind of fatherly pep talk. Like, when I saw this, I felt like it's better back to being on the field again kind of moment, where he's still given a bit of coach to him. But this is coaching about life and I thought that was kinda of, kinda of really great. And I mean it's totally understandable for Jason to feel like there's no turning around from what he's done. It's like it's a huge risk. And he went into it with three guys who are kind of idiots and <laughs> who can't blame him for thinking like, yeah, I fucked up but they, while there are screw ups, they do have good hearts and will eventually come around. But I love the talk. I mean, Eric's such a good father figure, you know?
1: Yeah, he is. He is a great father figure. Uh, it wasn't a long scene, as you can tell. Uh, but he told Jason what he needed to hear, which was you have to commit yourself to what you're doing. You know, you went down this route, you took this chance. And that's fine, but you can't just doubt yourself the first time things go a little bad for you, um, and be sure in the fact that he's not going to be a deadbeat dad because we know he won't. You know, yeah, Jason Jason's has. Jason's a good man. Yeah, he has too much integrity to be a deadbeat father. I think he is confusing not trying with not being able to provide. You know, like uh, most okay, most deadbeat fathers are deadbeats because they simply don't care. They don't try. They don't take upon themselves the responsibility. Um, That's that's a deadbeat father. Uh, If you if you're trying every day and you're working your tail off and things are still hard, then you're just a struggling father who loves his kid and things just aren't going great for you, but it's not for lack of effort. And to me, there's a massive difference between a deadbeat father and someone who's simply struggling to provide. Um, yeah, one exactly. is effort, and one is, you know, no effort at all.
0: And Jason has oodles of effort. He's definitely throwing himself into this, and he he wants those kid, that kid and his, I guess, girlfriend person back, because there was way more... Um, care from her this episode than we saw last episode it didn't seem very uh like the relationship wasn't very intimate uh but this one you can see that there's way more tenderness and care between them
1: it's and seen I really that way that it's yeah. seen that way um i, I want to kind of take a pause here in in the recording because um we made a mistake last week so uh we made a mistake last week like i said and and here's the the problem that we or the the not the problem the, the mistake that we made which was that well I, I really made the mistake I I misspoke I said last week that in the episode that we'd covered that uh, his girlfriend Jason's girlfriend I can't remember her name right now uh, Aaron. You, Aaron that you know there was this big tearful goodbye and how she didn't seem to you know show any emotion da da well obviously. I was wrong, right? Because that scene didn't happen technically until this week.
0: It happened last week. Um, It was at the car uh, when she said goodbye to him, like, outside. That's why we thought, because it was a goodbye. It felt like she was just leaving right then and there. (laughs) So it was easily to be mistaken, because even I thought like, wow, she just took off right then and there.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, okay. Cause I, I, mean, cause I, I guess, w- like,
0: it ended up being her breaking the news to him, but it was still emotionalized.
1: Right, I guess, but the actual, like, her, like, showing the baby, like, giving him a chance to say goodbye to Noah, you know, yeah. that, that didn't happen technically until this episode.
0: Yeah, that actually got to happen this episode, which I was right. like, very happy that it ended up happening.
1: I, I know, but I think I, I may have referenced last week, you know, the, the goodbye between jason and noah that that's what I, I think what i'm really saying here is like i had referenced okay. this actually happening this exact scene um and i just want to kind of apologize because i mean okay so is it a big surprise no it's not however i mean i technically spoiled you know a little bit a scene you know from this week and kind of said that this was going to happen and, and everything and i just i had watched two episodes in a row You know, like this episode and last episode. And I don't usually do that. I usually watch the current episode and then I just stop it. But I was kind of like doing some things and it had gone into the next episode. And uh, I was about a third of the way through and I just like, oh, I'll watch the rest of it. So last week, whenever I'm sitting here talking about it, this, you know, goodbye scene in my head, it was like it happened all in the same episode. And it, it didn't. So uh so i just i want to make you yeah. feel
0: better i didn't remember or <laughs> i guess i didn't uh, think about it so right it wasn't too it wasn't a spoiler for me
1: okay well anyway i said uh, you know to to the listeners out there i just want to apologize to you know for that i mean it's not a like I said, it's not like it's a big twist like oh i didn't see that coming oh thanks for you know spoiling that for me but i did technically spoil a little bit of something in this episode last week so um, just kind of want to let you know that we're sorry for that happening because we don't, you know, we don't think we've ever done that before. I think we've always stuck very closely to what happened in the episode that we're actually reviewing and cause we don't usually go forward past the episode that we're watching, you know, so we don't have to worry about that. But in this instance, I, you know, it's like, oh, they all happened in the same episode. Oh wait, no, they didn't. So, all right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on so uh us anyway, keep going on about jason here um so this is this is a hard episode for him so we have that that goodbye scene in this episode right
0: yeah
1: and, and like, he it's says hard
0: goodbye to the kid but there's also a pretty i don't know sweet goodbye with aaron too like it wasn't emotionless it was actually pretty like heart-wrenching <laughs> Like they seemed close at that moment, you
1: know? Yeah, I it I don't know if maybe the writers and the directors, producers, everybody kind of saw the footage from last week's episode, you know, and was like, Boy, yeah, they seem seem kinda of cold, you know, there's like, there's no closeness there. It didn't feel that way. So maybe they they intentionally saw that and felt like we need to make sure that this actually feels like they care about each other, uh, somewhat because it's confusing for the audience because we've barely seen Jason at all this season. And so yeah, just last episode, right? So we, we need to have some kind of firm hooding or form. Yeah. Firm hooding, firm footing, um, in his world and what's going on there, you know, and being as we're being thrown right into his world. And so we're playing catch up all the time. Like, Oh, okay. So the baby was born. Okay, great. So, all right. He's with Aaron. Yes. Okay. They're, they're together. They're not, you know, so like there's a lot of maybes in last week's episode because you really couldn't tell what was going on half the time, especially between those two. And I think maybe they realized that there's a little bit of like a wishy-washy feeling you know, in terms of their relationship and what's going on there and do they care about each other? Is it just one of those, hey, we had fun that one night and now, hey, we have a baby and there's really nothing here between us things or is it – is there actually something to, to build on? Or is Jason – does Jason think there's something to build on but there really isn't anything to build on, you know? And I think that's where we were at at the end of last week's episode, right?
0: Yeah, Exactly
1: okay so, so yeah young yeah.
0: too it's like they they haven't even spent enough time to know that yet
1: right yeah they're only they're each you know 20 years old 21 years old uh jason's 20 we don't know i think exactly how old Aaron is right did we ever get it she a, has
0: to be like she has to be 21 because she worked in a bar didn't she
1: that's right that's right so, but she's young she, she's in her yeah. early 20s we know that um at least i think i'm pretty sure she's in her early 20s i mean she's not i wouldn't say she's any older than 22 23 years old yeah no you know so but she's young they're both young and it's an overwhelming experience having a child it changes your entire life you know your life will never be the same when when you have a child like <laughs> i wish more people would understand that i don't have a kid but i honestly i don't i don't need to have a child to know that those changes are, I mean, they're, they're life altering because that's exactly what having a child, you know, is
0: They're another full-time job.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. You take
0: up your entire life.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, all those things you love to do prior to having a child, you're not going to have time for that. <laughs> you know, be doing it a lot less. Yes. So, yeah. So they're learning this, you know, the hard way. Um, I mean, they're giving the the best effort they can, and Erin's doing her best, but it just involves leaving Jason behind uh, to go to her parents. So they have a lovely scene together. It does seem like there's some emotion there. Um, Feel like she's actually sad to go in a way, um, which is good. Uh, but, you know, Jason's taken upon himself this unenviable task of trying to flip this house. The problem is that he is being the foreman on this construction <laughs> team. And that means telling people what to do. And Billy isn't really all that wild about it. And you can also tell that the rest of the guys are also feeling a little bit of the heat too, you know.
0: Yeah, they're all a little tense, and with all the beer cans around and everything, the <laughs> beer bottles, it feels like they planned on, you know, slacking off and drinking beer and thinking it'd be a little more easier than they... that it's coming down upon them that they're actually going to have to work, you know? And well, that's a little, like, I don't know if I want to invest that responsibility.
1: Well, I mean, first thing is, you probably shouldn't be drunk drinking while doing construction. That's first thing. Uh, second thing... I understand where Jason's coming from. Like like this isn't a joke. This isn't a a summer-long project. You know, they're not going to sit around all summer drinking beer most of the day, doing an hour's worth of work, you know, uh, doing this in their spare time just because, hey, whatever, this is cool, uh, fun times, this is a job and, and they're trying to flip this house and make some money. So – to Jason, this is a big deal. And he feels like the other guys are just not taking it all that seriously. You know?
0: Yeah. Cause even like Tim, like while he's there and he skips school, they're still just joking around. I mean, even Tim, like they asked him like what he said to the school. and He's like, Oh, I told him I was pregnant. <laughs> I needed a few days to relax. Like no one seems to be taking it very seriously.
1: No, but, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have uh, this this conversation like we just uh, talked about with with Eric and Jason, which is much needed from him. And uh, we get to the well. Okay, well, actually, there isn't just that one. There's the scene uh, prior to this between Eric and Jason, where they're uh, out getting lumber. Jason's stopping by to pick some stuff up. Uh, that's when Eric uh, comes by. To, he has some honeydew. Uh, things that he has to take care of and uh that's when he finds out that this whole situation is going down the house the riggins brothers herc all of it uh, he seems he
0: horrified too.
1: horrified like he's not gonna come out and say it but he's is, he's is horrified by what he's just heard <laughs> um yep. and so because you know jason says hey come on by and check out the place it's great and eric says I will and you can you know what he's thinking when he gets in his truck which is I got to stop by. I got to see what kind of you know monstrosity they've they've turned this house into, and you make
0: sure some of them are not dead.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, so so that kind of uh, gets us to the end scene between Jason and Aaron and the baby. Uh, turns out that the two of them have stopped by a park, and she just wanted to call and check in with Jason and let him know where they're at, and uh, Jason wants to talk to the baby. And he he sings, you know, a little song to to Noah. So sweet. It's very sweet. And it reinforces uh, what this is all about. And we get some nice shots of the guys looking at Jason. Um, I think they all, in that moment, understand what this is really all about. And you feel like maybe they've kind of turned the corner a little bit, you know, with this whole remodeling the house thing, which is... Uh, maybe it was a little bit of a fun time, hang out with the bros kind of uh, thing for them initially. But uh, I think they see this this moment between him and his son, and uh, it's bigger than them. It's bigger than you know just putting this house together. It's about uh, it's about a lot more than that. Uh, so I'm hoping that this uh, pushes them forward to finish the house sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, and I love the uh, their expressions at first are almost like we're going to just kind of turn and rag on him a bit. But then they just kind of dawns on them like this is what it's costing Jason. Like if he doesn't succeed, he's not going to see his kid again. And that emotion changes just to kind of, I understand. Yeah, it's really well done.
1: Yeah, it is definitely well done so um let's move on to uh, somebody else here uh, now the, the episode title is of course um it ain't easy being jd mccoy
0: not with a father like that, it is.
1: <laughs> ah boy uh
0: god this guy's a piece of work
1: yeah uh he is he is the worst like stage father um
0: he reminds me of the Trinity killer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I feel like if JD talks back to him, he's going to break his fingers. (laughs) Right. See something horrible.
1: Yeah. So the, the episode title really speaks volumes and it lays out what this episode is all about. Um, Up to this point, JD has been a bit of an unknown uh, quantity. You know he's he's awkward. Uh, when he's not on the football field, does he have a life? Not really. No. Nope. He is his his day is like that of a uh, somebody in the army, where their entire day is already mapped out for them. You get up at this time, you eat breakfast, you do this, you eat lunch, you do this, you eat supper, you do this, and then it's bedtime. That is literally JD's day from beginning to end, rinse, repeat, Groundhog Day, all the time. Um, when he's not on the football field, it's like he doesn't know how to act because someone's not telling him exactly what he needs to do. If his father isn't around, he's so unsure of himself. I mean, he's never experienced life, he's never grown up. You know, he's yeah. still like a little kid, and he's not been given the chance to actually do that.
0: He's like his, uh, his, um, his way he acts and you know, the way he looks is very prepubescent and childlike. and it's only when he hits that field where it's just like this star comes out and you it's hard to imagine like this kid is actually that same person that actually is a star on the football, on the football field because they just don't seem like they correlate in personality wise. <laughs>
1: Well, on the football field, he knows what he has to do. He has very clear, concise goals. He has some level of control uh, because he's so familiar with everything on the field. It's the only place where he feels comfortable and at ease. But the moment he walks off the field, the real world is is there in front of him. And he doesn't know how to respond to that uh, when he's not being told how to respond to it. And yeah. And so I also think... You know, to JD, the world is, you know, how it is. Uh, But he doesn't have any understanding of how the real world works because he's very sheltered. You know, he's so sheltered from whatever. I mean, his parents have a ton of money. He has literally everything he, he needs. He's never probably ever gone without anything in his life. And so he doesn't know how normal everyday life with, you know, people that just struggle to live on a daily basis actually works. Um, and his father is just the worst. Um, so to illustrate the title of this episode, to kind of get to the core of, uh, JD McCoy's life and how easy it's not. Uh, we're going to play uh, this clip here. We have two clips. We'll do this one first, and we'll talk about that, and then we'll kind of get to the next one here shortly. So uh, this one here is, um, well, his dad uh, raises a toast to him in this clip. So here it is. I would raise a toast. Oh, really? To QB1 of the Dillon Panthers. Cheers, pal.
0: Congratulations. Uh, no cheers? No, i just uh, save the toast till after the game.
1: It's Westerby, you're gonna smoke them.
0: Okay, here's a really important question. Are there any cheerleaders you think are cute? Yeah. Yeah? Oh yeah. Really? There's two, actually, yeah. that I've actually proposed to. are <laughs> talking about that now? You can only propose to one at a time. So
1: stop, J.D.'s okay, okay. not I- getting serious about any girls right now, he's too busy. No, honey, mm. that was a joke. I wanna tell you something. I know that you've experienced a lot of pressure recently but you have worked hard and you have shown everyone what you were made of. And for that, I am very, very proud. Thanks, Dad. Well, You're very welcome. So I, I think this really sums up JD's life in a nutshell. You have two people who are pulling at JD in different directions, right? So you have his father, who's obviously the dominant figure. Yeah, for him, it's all about football. It's all about concentrating um, 100% always on the goal at hand or the goals at hand. Yeah. It's all, no yeah.
0: spare time to have fun. Nothing. It's football, football, football.
1: It's, all, it's always football. Yeah. And so you have his mother on the other side who just wants her son to be happy. And she's not an idiot. She knows – what pressure he's under and she also knows deep down how not normal her son's life is she just wants him to experience normal life um and that means being interested do you do you have any girls do you like any cheerleaders do you like and his father cuts in like oh he has enough time for that you know it's it's um a father whose priorities are completely out of whack and yeah. it you can see the look on jd's face in this scene you know like it's yes or no sir say what he needs to say but there's there's deadness there's behind the eyes there's no spark it's he's completely dead there you know
0: he's like the football version of a pageant mom <laughs> but with like super aggression like um i guess to be the equivalent of a hockey dad up here where it's like it's so intense they just flip out on, it doesn't matter, kids, whatever, if they're not scoring the right goals, what have you. They literally freak out at other kids. And I feel like this is the kind of guy who would do that. That if his kid messes up even once, he's going to just flip on him.
1: Yeah, well, that's a given. You know, the, his father's way too intense and he's invested too much of his money and too much of his life, frankly. In the success of his son, and there's a certain part of his father, you can tell like you owe me this. I've given you everything, I've given you all these opportunities. You owe this to me for making this possible for you. See, on one hand, it's about JD, but on the other hand, it's not about JD at all. It's about living vicariously through his son, and and achieving something great. Um, outside of his of his businesses and any success that he's had, uh, to a certain extent, JD's happiness doesn't really mean anything. It's all about success. It's about winning. It's about it's about creating some spectacular, wonderful moment uh, that he can live vicariously through, you know, till his dying days. Like, look, my son it was. Uh, great high school quarterback who went to a great college and went into the NFL. Am I not an amazing dad? You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just to reinforce like his superiority. That's just a twisted way of thinking.
1: Right. Right. And so we have, uh, the naked mile. So the beginning of this episode, there's this, Oh yeah. You know, hazing ritual where uh, the the seniors make the freshmen run the naked mile, so they got to strip down and they got to run, and you know. So JD runs uh, into the locker room. Eric's in there as he's doing some some late night game planning or whatever, and he sees JD try to sneak by, and JD, you know. He, well, he pulls him into the office and says, you know, what's going on here? And he, you know, yeah. Eric knows immediately the naked mile. He's like, you it's fell for true. that? Like, yeah, of course you fell for that. You're so naive. <laughs> you're so naive. And um, so then Eric pulls um, Riggins in, Tim Riggins, and asks him to uh, take the young kid out. You know, show the team that you're accepting him. If you accept him as part of the team, the team themselves, all the teammates themselves will then accept JD as being part of the family, you know, fully accepting him because that's what they need on the field. They need to fight for him, they need uh, to feel like he's part of the equation and someone that they're willing to, you know, do whatever they got to do to help win. And, uh, so Tim takes, uh, JD out for a sightseeing tour, you could say, uh, (laughs) he's going to show him the Dylan that he knows. And so he goes around, points out all these different places, which this, where you go if you want to, you know, find a rally girl, you know, you know, the kind I mean, right? You know, uh, this is the place you go to if you want to get a drink. This is the place you, you know, go if you want to do this and do that, you know. So he gives him a rundown of all the places that he needs to go and visit. And if need be, drop his name or some alias that Riggins has, you know, come up with. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah, I like this. It's definitely just kind of the tour of debauchery from Tim Riggins. It's like everywhere you can get away with doing something illegal. It's like. At this bar, you can go and get a drink. I, I know you're only like 15, but just mention the like, booze. Like, oh, what great bar owners! <laughs> oh, it's fantastic, though. And yeah, it, it gives that kid like the feeling of you know being a part of the team, a little bit of independence, which gets taken away very quickly
1: yeah well you know he does that and it seems like the team is beginning to accept him a little bit and you know um they have this this game that they play they go out it's a great game uh he goes out and, and just has a fantastic night the locker room scene afterwards you know the team's uh congratulating him tim's uh, congratulating him in front of the team again kind of furthering this whole thing and then all of a sudden his dad comes in and just makes a big just ass of himself uh, and then it's like
0: unraveled just like that
1: come on son let's go meet your mom at Applebee's and it's like <laughs> dude it's like um come on
0: sure you don't want to change my diaper first like... right
1: right and the team <sighs> indicates afterwards I mean they start they start making fun of him you know after, after he leaves it's it's having the opposite effect. You know, this this moment, all this stuff that Riggins has been doing to help kind of get this kid, you know, integrated into the team atmosphere and being accepted is undone in two minutes of time.
0: Yeah, Eric's really going to have to have a conversation with him and that he is hurting his son's future by being a pageant mom and treating him like a child and not letting him lead the team. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to follow him if he thinks that he needs his daddy to do everything for him. Right. Like that's not what a teen's going to do.
1: No, Nope. So, so Tim, um, you know, we'll get to him in a bit, but, uh, there's a, there's a dance, uh, that Lila and he go to, it's a school dance. Uh, second. of course. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. JD shows up because his mom thinks it'd be nice for him to go out and do something normal. Uh, and they, They decide to go to a party or, well, Tim drags J.D. away to a party. And J.D. goes a little crazy at this party (laughs) because it's the first time he's ever had alcohol. Um,
0: First time he's gotten to let loose too.
1: Right. And that's what this alcohol does. And he goes crazy because of it. Uh, See, J.D. is so wound up tight. Uh, He is so – there's so much pressure, so much tension – uh, in his life that he's he's wound tight. Like if you took a rope and you s- twisted it and twisted it and twisted it in your hand, I mean, until it was super tight with all that tension, I mean, that's, that's J.D. McCoy basically in a nutshell. And that alcohol just unwinds all of that tension. And he just – he is – drunk off of his ass. I mean, he is just going crazy at this party for the first time in his life. No pressure, not thinking about football. It is, it has got to be almost intoxicating to have that kind of moment of freedom in his life. I can't even imagine what that's like for him. I mean, I know he's drunk and everything, but.
0: But yeah, it's complete euphoria. Yeah. And that's how alcoholics are made. Right is when alcohol gives you a satisfying world that's better than your own.
1: Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So uh, so this whole thing goes down, and then they're, they're, they're at the end of this uh, episode, there's a church scene after the church scene. Coach, hey y'all doing? Hey. Good to see you. How are you? Oh, good, good. Hey, J.D., how hey, you Hey, Coach. Doing? Listen, uh... <clears throat> J.D. has got something he needs to share with you. I got really drunk last night. Had a lot of alcohol and I just wanna say I'm sorry. A lot of alcohol. Came home drunk. Not so much as one sip of wine his entire life, three weeks before the playoffs, comes home drunk. Now he knows that he has disappointed his father. He has let down his coach, his team, and I felt that it was imperative that he come to you and apologize personally. Hope you understand. Understood. Uh, we have oh. we have JD, his mom, and his dad come up to Eric, and he tells you know Eric that uh, my son, you know, or no, JD comes out and says he was drinking, he drank a lot, and his father says you know we just wanted to make sure that you knew, you know, JD knows he did a terrible thing, he let you down, let the team down, blah blah blah, just this ultra embarrassing moment you know for his son I'm not saying the kid should be out out of the parties you know drinking and getting hammered or anything but this kid is so wound tight I mean this and, and you've just embarrassed him in front of other people and in front of his coach and when Eric says I understand like he understands more than I understand that you've come up and you've told me what happened Eric is not an idiot we know that we and oh, I he think he got a
0: glimpse into that world
1: right he knows I think deep down he knows what's going on here and how hard this is for this kid and um and exactly what kind of world he he unfortunately lives in with his father and so um yeah it's it's tough it's tough to watch that you know with this kid because he seems like a good kid and you know he's just I mean I want to nickname him Bambi you know because <laughs> Sort of feels He's like. He's the new Saracen. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said last week, he, he seems like the season one, episode one version of Matt Saracen, just awkward and shy and unsure of himself, but maybe worse because at least Matt had some kind of a relatively normal life. Uh, maybe an yeah, unusual, f- but it was not uh, that abnormal. Whereas with him, he has no yeah. normal life.
0: Like Matt had the freedom to do whatever he wanted, but it, he was a good person, and just he knew that he had to take care of what he needed to be taken care of first and primary. And it didn't give him any time to do what he wanted to do. He was just too good of a kid to let anything slip. But for JD, it's forced down his throat, <laughs> like every second of his life. Yeah, oh, poor kid.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So. Yeah, that's that's I, that. I
0: retract my get him paralyzed statement <laughs> from last week. Yeah. Now his dad can be the one to get take a tackle.
1: Right. Uh okay, so we have uh we have other people here to talk about um in this as well, this episode. So let's get to Tyra. So so Tyra and Cash are, are together. Uh, appears like they're officially a true blue couple now. Uh, they seem to be having a good time at Applebee's. And uh, it appears like the relationship is, is going all right so far, at least. Uh, and then a atom bomb hits in the form of a, of a woman who shows up to Tyra's house, Tyra's place. And... Um, Screaming for cash, Tara comes out, asks her what's going on. She wants cash. Tara says, "Cash isn't here." And eventually, this woman says, "Well, you need to tell Cash that you know his son and his mama, have, you know, have no money." Blah blah blah. And that's when Tara realizes that uh, you know Cash has fathered a child, and it, it hurts. So, what did you think about this scene? when this uh this whole thing went down
0: basically ha, i knew something was wrong with him <laughs> it's like oh man i thought it was gonna be worse than this but it, this is pretty much what i what you would expect for this kind of guy like he he the a story of he's been going around texas doing hopping around being a traveling cowboy like ugh. but I guess he was running from his responsibilities it makes perfect sense uh I definitely don't believe him at all. I'm fairly certain that this woman is the mother of his child and that's his kid. And I really hate Tyra on this episode. I really do. <laughs> she takes, like, she, uh, I'll get to it. But yeah, but yeah. I like that she, you know, does the good thing. She breaks up with him. Like, fuck, I don't want anything to do with this. Like, you lied to me. Back off. And that was the Tyra that I love talking
1: Right. Well, until the end of the episode. Yep. It's
0: all right. But, he comes back.
1: But, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so, so yeah. So he uh, Cash comes to the restaurant and she's like, I want nothing to do with you. He, and understandably, he's confused, right? Because he doesn't understand, at least in the moment, what's going on until she pulls him aside and, and kind of relays the scene that, that happened uh, the night before and she says i want you to get out of here i want nothing to do with you take your money get out of here go and so he leaves so flash forward a bit and we're at the the dance that uh, tim and and lila and, and, and uh, jd end up leaving the school dance looks like tyra has put the thing together she's done all that and i guess as class president that's her job but really least part of one of her duties uh, and You know, she informs, um, Tammy Tammy. that, yeah, she informs Tammy that, uh, she's broken up with Cash. Tammy, you know, says, I'm sorry. She says, no, you're not. She's like, yes, I am sorry. You know, I'm sorry that you got hurt. Um, and I almost, I'm glad she didn't say it, but I think Tammy was like, like I told you, you were going to get hurt, you know? Um.
0: She's got good restraint, that woman.
1: Right, right. Like, uh, told you so, um basically so uh so then after this whole thing Ta- tyra's back home and cash shows up wants to talk and that's when he explains that you know this he and this one you know hooked up maybe five years ago uh and and then he left and eventually she came or no they hooked up and then she kept you know, I'm trying to follow him around at work and track him down. And he so he left the area and now he's back and there's no way this kid's, you know, his because they hooked up once five years ago and the kid's two years old. Now, I agree with you. This to me sounds way too implausible. He's saying like, this woman's crazy. But I mean, and while that's possible, it, it does seem a little unbelievable that this woman would just show up being like, you're the father of my kid and it not be the father
0: yeah like if i was tyra i could give him the benefit of benefit of the doubt but i'd want a paternity test after that things can go back to normal but i would need that to go back into that relationship because stuff's coming out of the woodwork check it out girl (laughs) don't just take him back Ugh can't even
1: yeah no i agree uh so that's the sad you know state of the tyra uh in cash affairs because you know, he explains this to her, and she accepts it, unfortunately, and seems to be taking him back. Um,
0: god, I hope she's on birth control.
1: Oh my god, I hope so. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's move on to Landry. Um, so, it looks like Crucifictorious is trying to make a comeback. And,
0: what a group of misfits these guys are. Right,
1: uh, they're back, like you said they'd be, and they, it looks like they're trying out uh, a new guitarist. Uh, so they try Excuse out some guy
0: ran for the hills, right?
1: They, they try out some guys and it doesn't seem like it's working. And then this, you know, I guess your know, cute little uh, girl with black hair just kind of shows up and rocking the guitar. And it seems to flow like, I don't know, like just perfection, really like, they, they. I mean, maybe it's just because all the guys are like, "Ooh, a girl."
0: I'm like, "Oh, how, how? Um, what perfect timing to bring a girl in while Tyra's having guy troubles. Like, that's not obvious. I wonder where this is gonna go."
1: Mm. So, you, yeah, you think you think Landry might be finding a new a new partner, a uh, possible genie like replacement
0: maybe like, it's got to be something to do with Landry except she's certainly not just there to be in crucifix Victorious. Mm. Like, nobody in the right mind, especially a woman with a decent skill, right. <laughs> ever go into crucifix willingly.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. You could be right there. You know, she shows up and it seems like they're, they mesh pretty well. Uh, good chemistry there. So we'll see. Um, but, you know Landry you know, appears like he's got another prospect, and I, and I do like the advice that you know she gives him later on in the episode at that dance, where she says you know can I can I give you or can I ask you a question you know songwriter to songwriter all these songs feel like they're written by about the same girl, and you know she ultimately comes down and says I think you know you need to maybe. Get over this girl like forget about her and move on
0: yeah if only she knew it was Tyra and that's impossible
1: right <laughs> because most guys probably won't be able to do that
0: <laughs> especially Landry when he's actually been with Tyra and he's the king of nerds so that's like <laughs> yeah. you know an achievement <laughs> you've,
1: you've reached the top basically right Yeah.
0: <laughs> everything else is below and downhill from there
1: right all right. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, the only... Oh,
0: there is anything
1: else. <laughs> there, is, uh, there is. Well, not in, not in the Landry um, front. Yeah. Uh, there's one other thing I want to talk about, and I've saved this for the very end. And I was thinking, you know, as I watched this episode for the second time, I thought, you know, I can imagine the squeal of joy that emanated from your mouth uh, <laughs> upon the ending to this episode, because I can only imagine how I, I was, I was, I was imagined so like, like tears of joy rapture. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, but
0: that'll s- happen when Landry Tire. Oh, okay. Win. This one was a squeal for sure. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. So let's jump, let's jump into this. So, um, Matt is now officially QB2. Um, yep. Grandma Riched. Saracen is not happy, by the way.
0: That was so adorable that she's <laughs> telling the coach off.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, you know, you have Matt and his grandma in the supermarket, Julie and Eric in the supermarket, and they literally go around the corner and they run into one another. And so this gives Grandma Saracen a, a moment to really ream out Eric. It also gives it also gives Julie and Matt a chance to you know step 10 or 15 yards over and have a little chat. And they joke a little bit and all that and you know, uh, Matt commiserates about his demotion. And uh, you know, things appear to you know be progressing quite well on the front between these two. Um, I like the, you know, very slow burn, organic way that they've kind of brought these two back together. It doesn't seem like they've ever forced anything. Uh, It it feels very much like this is what real life would be like between two people that dated once, uh, had time to kind of separate and, and grow as people and kind of let the relationship, the wounds heal and then found... Uh, later, that they miss one another and they're willing to give it another chance. Um, and so Matt shows up at her doorstep with Landry's car. Now this is, uh, by the way, this is like the day after the game, mind you. The, the big game that JD had where he totally destroyed the other team and had a great night. So Matt uh, comes over, asks Julie if she'd like to go to the lake. Julie says, yeah, great. And so they go to the lake, they're swimming, and they're, they're talking, and they're totally at ease in this scene.
0: Um, yeah, it's very chill. Now,
1: now, before we go any further, kind of give me your thoughts leading up to the lake scene. Um, how did you feel like the scenes went, the supermarket scene and, and, and kind of everything and how it all played out leading up to the lake?
0: I thought it was great. Like, I, it was no surprise that Matt would follow up to kind of have – a date-like component with her, where it's not like pressurized date, but it is just like a hanging out date where you just get to talk and have a little fun. I liked it. I thought it was well-fitting.
1: So they're at the lake. They're they're talking in the water. And I, like I said, I like that their conversation seemed natural. Uh, like they, they, they are very comfortable with one another. Um, Matt's just kind of speaking his mind. You know, talking about, you know, I knew I wasn't going to, you know, play pro football, but, you know, I thought maybe football could help me get, you know, a college scholarship, pay for college. Uh, now it's my senior year and, I, and I'm, and i you know, demoted and it sucks. And, you know, you can feel like with Julie, it's a little tough. It's, hey, my dad's the coach, but, you know, she identifies with it and, you know, says, yeah, it, it sucks. Um. So then it's it's a little later. It's nightfall. They're sitting around a fire. It looks like Julie has Matt's sweatshirt on. Which is cute. Yeah, which is cute. And uh, Matt's just finished eating a hot dog. She's (laughs) making fun of him for eating a hot dog. Like, do you know what kind of terrible garbage is in those things? She's like, she's like, it's cow
0: cow eyes. Cow (laughs)
1: eyes. He's like, yep, it tastes really good. So, uh, Julie says, yeah, you know, it's getting kind of late. We probably should leave. And and Matt says, yeah, probably. And I love how they do that. It It's like almost on like a sub... I don't know, maybe not fully conscious or maybe fully conscious. I don't know. But it's almost like Julie was kind of hinting, hey, we should leave. But... And Matt was like, yeah, we should leave. But... And... It gave them the opportunity to, well, well, they start kissing, they fall over the log, and this this fantastic um, transition, Uh, we go to the next scene where they pull up. It is early morning, and, you know, Julie gets out of the car, waves goodbye, goes in, Stands in front of the mirror, smiles, you know, her, she kind of like, almost like this, this moment of like, I can't believe what just happened. Hands in her face, just smiling. And what's really great about this is that we didn't need to see either Julie or Matt, you know, taking their clothes off, getting into their bra and panties or Matt into his underwear only. To know what happened. Yeah, uh, lesser shows maybe do that. Um, the, okay, no, it's a little unfair. It's not they're not a lesser show for having done it. It's just that this show doesn't need to do that in order to show what just happened, which is of course, duh, You know, Matt and Julie had sex for the first time.
0: And we got laid.
1: Yeah, and and Julie specifically having sex for the first time.
0: Yep. He's had sex with, what's her face? Oh, her the,
1: the one, your favorite, your favorite person. Your favorite, uh, well, we're, nurse. We're gonna
0: pretend that didn't happen and <laughs> this is Bambi's first time too. <laughs> and yeah, I love the look in the mirror she has. It's just that look of, there was no regrets. She was happy with what happened. There's no, she's not upset or worried about it. She's comfortable which is great. Yeah. I love that they actually took the time to show that five seconds of the mirror look. Like that was wonderful.
1: It was wonderful. It was, um, probably one of my all time favorite moments in this show, which is saying something really, because this show doesn't normally judge people really, you know, for the, for who they are and and the things they've done. Um, I've never really felt like it's been that really a judgmental show in this instance, it really shows why I feel that way because the screen, the writers and the directors and the actors shot this and cut and and edited it in such a way that, you know, it's not like, it's not like Julie's being, you know, she's not shaming herself, you know, which maybe some other shows or movies would do where this happened and now you know she's gonna berate herself for what she's done. You know like you said, she just had sex with Matt Saracen and it's the first time for her, and it was done gracefully. And my guess is the actual you know act was very gentle and, and loving and she knows that and she's comfortable and happy with what happened because it was with somebody she really cared about. And I I love that they reinforce that through showing a scene in which, like you said, she is so completely happy with what happened and there's no regrets.
0: Yeah, it was wonderful to see. Yeah, it's just like it felt right. Like back in season one, maybe beginning of season two, she still felt too, like, immature and young to. Go for something like that, but now they both feel like they're very mature and that this is the natural progression of their relationship. It feels completely right.
1: Right. Well, you remember in season one, she was like, "I just want to get it over with," you know, like almost like a <laughs> clinical detachment, like
0: almost like she felt like she had to.
1: Right. Like she because the
0: other rally girls did.
1: Right. She wasn't mature enough to understand that. Um, you know, that's a decision that can get made very quickly. Um, and often it's regretted. Um, yeah, exactly. So, and you know, given how it turned out this time for her, uh, like you said, there's no regrets there because it was a decision that was made as a much more mature person. So, precisely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that scene follows up a church scene. And again, we get these. It's very, um, lovey, dovey looks between the two of them. No, 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 obviously no dialogue. Just, we don't need dialogue. Everything that we need is, you know, from their body language and the looks that they're giving one another. So, you know, we have a couple. I
0: like in a church too.
1: (laughs) So hopefully what we have here is a couple that is now back and stronger than ever.
0: And never ever breaks up again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll be unhappy. Yeah. (laughs) well i guess we'll see what happens so uh okay so i i think that's it um i guess we should probably is there anything else you want to add about this uh episode or anything that we've forgotten before we get to final thoughts on our grade
0: No, we included grandma saris and that was the only extra thing i had so okay i'm all covered
1: okay all right um well good all right, so Sarah, take it away. Give me your final thoughts on "It Ain't Easy Being J.D. McCoy" and your final grade.
0: Well, this is one of the strongest episodes of the season so far. Uh, there didn't feel like there's anything that did that wasn't right about the episode. Everything felt like it was well placed, like it had a purpose. We're continuing on with Jason and his story, which is. Something we really needed to focus on because we haven't seen him in a long time. Um, and getting to progress, like seeing also um, Tim and Lila, like it's small, like just seeing them going to like the dance and they're interacting. with it they're so they're a very comfortable boyfriend girlfriend stage, and it's nice to see that they're just they not fighting, they're blending well. And J.D. McCoy, boy, I feel bad for that kid. I think he is a good kid and he's got a lot of potential and that his father is just a dark cloud of control over him. And I can't wait to see what Eric does with him. I'm waiting for that. But uh, I think his mom's okay. I, I haven't seen her be backstabby or anything like that. I think she's actually the normal sane party in this. Um, but yeah, I mean, the stuff with... Um, uh, Matt and (laughs) Julie is perfect to me. I loved all of that. It seemed very natural. It built up well. It didn't need to be overplayed. Totally fine with that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this episode an A+. I don't really have anything bad to say about it.
1: Okay. That's a good grade. Uh, You can't get much higher praise than that, and definitely an A-plus is about as high as we go here. So. Uh, I agree with what you said. I think in terms of uh, quality of this episode, it really stands um, very high in this season. And I think we can both agree that so far, six episodes in, that this has been uh, so far an, an exceptionally strong season of the show. It's certainly much, much higher than season two. And I would say <laughs> it is at least on par with season one so far. Um, and I think in some respects, actually, it's starting to maybe rise actually above that a bit, but we'll wait until we get to the end of the season and, uh, see if the quality continues to to kind of stay around this level. Uh, but as for this episode, I think this episode is very strong. It, um, it's great that not a lot of big foul moments happened in this episode, you know? Um... This episode was more about, it was a bit laid back, which is fine, but it was about character interactions and relationships between characters, and that was great. We're we're kind of seeing some things happen and play out uh, a little bit between characters, but it wasn't like season two where they were trying to go for so many big wow moments, you know, like just water cooler, wow, did you see that? Did you see that happen in the, you know, that happened a lot in season two, whereas this feels like season one, because season one, and season three feel very much like they're the same show. Um, so I feel like that's why it's such a strong season, because it got back to the, the DNA, what made it great in the first place. Uh, and in this uh, episode, we're seeing things being built up. We're seeing relationships progress you know, with Matt and Julie. Uh, We're seeing things happen on the J.D. McCoy front. We have a better understanding just in this episode alone uh, the inner workings of their family and both the positives like his mom and the negatives like his father and how that's going to put so much pressure on him to be the perfect son for both because on one hand he has to be the perfect football player and yet he needs to be and wants to be a good son Because of his mother. So I I love this episode for a lot of reasons, but I love it for its restraint. And when the show is restrained a little bit and not willing to just kind of give up all these big moments, then I, I feel like it's really humming along at a great level. And so for me, it gets an A+. plus. I can't give it any worse than that. It's got to be an A+. plus.
0: Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. It's definitely a standout episode.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. I guess that's it for the episode. Um, yeah, We'll be back next week, of course, for the seventh episode of the season. Um, so look forward to that. And uh, I guess we'll end the show like we always do. Clear eyes.
0: Full hearts. Can't lose. lose.
1: All right, everybody. Have a good week.
0: Good night, everyone.